You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm here with Ken. How are you? Doing okay. Yeah, even though there's two of us in here, uh, Matt and Jeff are not here. They're at a uh, convention for um, gum that comes in the baseball packages from the 1970s. But um, it's pre- pretty hot in here, even just with two of us. You think so? I, I, I always run a little cool, so I feel good. I'm wearing a long sleeve uh, sweater right now. I'm always cold, but for some reason I'm just like sweating profusely over here. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm nervous for That's, this game. You're nervous after uh, 200 episodes? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm starting now to get nervous, yeah. All right, if, if that's what's working for you. Uh, and you just said you watched a new movie that you enjoyed? Yeah, I watched uh, Charlie Kaufman's new uh, Fever Dream on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. And, you and I was it? I was kind of thinking of ending things too when I was watching it because it's very stressful. That Well, that's a, that's a great thing to put on the poster, the reviewer. I was thinking of ending <laughs> things myself. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Um, but uh, we, we do not want to end things today because we have some great guests that we're going to introduce right now. Uh, let's start with our guest contestants. Our first contestant uh, is an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, and we appreciate his support. And uh, when we talked uh, before the recording, I learned a little bit about where he's from, uh, from Toronto, and that is Wilson Jung. How's it going, Wilson? Not bad, not bad. Yourselves? Doing okay. well. Uh, and what were you telling me about Toronto, that there's a market near your place, right, that gets pretty packed? Yeah, there's a market called the St. Lawrence Market, which is a bit of a tourist trap kind of thing. But it does do great female bacon sandwiches, which are one of the things that this city is known for. And really? I did not know that. Yeah, I, it uh, sounds very enticing. Uh, so when you're not eating bacon sandwiches, uh, what are you doing over in Toronto? Um, I am a researcher and management consultant in the day, and uh, there's a lot of that these days with COVID, so not much else is going on. But normally, I like wine, I like trivia, I like going to bar trivia, though that hasn't happened in a while. So triviality has been very good to me in the absence of bar trivia. Well, good. We're uh, we're appreciative of how good you've been to us supporting the show, and uh, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, you're going to be partnered with someone who is a Dutch enthusiast on Patreon, and I believe uh, told us that there is a little bit of Dutch in him. Is that correct, Matthew Cosme? 
Uh, yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm I'm actually part Dutch on my mom's side. I am uh, Italian, Dutch, German, uh, Irish, <laughs> and then my dad is uh, just Peruvian. Okay. Oh, all right. So you got you got a nice a nice mix there. A lot of different cultures to celebrate. Uh, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I mean, uh, what's funny is uh, a lot of the time people say. Uh, in the day, I'm this, uh, but at night, I'm, I'm something else. But uh, uh, in the day, I'm pretty much nothing. At night, I'm a cashier because I work the overnight shift at, okay. my, uh, at my store. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were a superhero at night. Like during the day, you're nothing, but at night, you, you solve crime. Maybe you do solve crime that we don't know about at the store. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you that. That's true. Very, very good answer. <laughs> very, very good answer. Diplomatic. Uh, very and, diplomatic. Uh, and... Uh, Matt said he's got a little Dutch in him, but I think we all have a little Dutch in us, in our hearts. I think we do. Not literally, but metaphorically. I agree. Oh, yeah, and, and, and I'm the resident Matt today, so. Yeah. yeah they, they're, and he's got robots behind him on his, uh, his Skype feed. Um, our, our special guest today uh, is a brand new Oakland Five supporter, and we appreciate his support on Patreon. Uh, and uh, he is uh, someone very fascinating because I learned that he uh, was a champion of something. I'll let him talk about it, and uh, that is James Key. Hi there, guys, uh, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. I've been looking forward to doing this for a while now, and I'm glad to have this opportunity. And what you're alluding to is that uh, about 11 years ago, I was a champion on Wheel of Fortune. Oh, That's awesome. Dude, I suck at Wheel of Fortune so bad. I don't know how people do it. Uh, my mom's really good at it, but I suck so bad. I'll tell you that the secret is knowing all 24 letters of the alphabet. You get that. And you're just keen and on your way. All right, I'll I'll have to work on that part. I yeah, I mean that 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 number sounds a little low. Well, you know, I, I don't like to put that in right. <laughs> <laughs> it is twenty six. <laughs> well, this is going to be a great show. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, James, and uh, we're excited to get into your game. Well, I've been a uh, trivia writer and host for over a decade now. Uh, I do weekly shows uh, with a company. I also do fundraisers for schools and organizations. Uh, so that's uh, mostly what I'm doing uh, for trivia. I also do every year at the Louisville Arcade Expo, I run a retro gaming trivia uh, event there for them. Uh, just as a matter of fact, though, got a new job. I am now an IT specialist at a private school and I've been there for one week and have been running ragged uh, feet to the fire. And I'm just glad to have this time this weekend to relax and play a game. All right. Well, it's a little gloomy out here in uh, Illinois today. So I think uh, today we should be Midwestern emo. Okay. Uh, Matt's not here. So I guess that would have, that would make it. Like I got to stand in for him. Yeah. All right. Midwestern emo. I like it. And, uh, Matt and uh, Wilson over here did a little word association earlier, and their team name is uh, the Potato Frogs. The Potato Frogs. The, That's somehow some. Sometimes it just turns out like that, you know. It does, and they're they're uh, you know a tough type of frog. Uh, maybe they poison you with potatoes. I don't know, but you know it sounds mean. All right. Well, let's just toss chuck it. potatoes at you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The <laughs> Mario villain or something. All right. Let's toss it over to the rules guy and see how the game is played. The rules of the game are simple: twenty questions split into two rounds, worth ten points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. 
After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Oh my god, you guys. You're like the cream of the crop right now. It sounded a little like Dana Carvey and Masters of Disguise doing his turtle voice. The turtle, turtle, turtle. Yeah. Well, at least we know how the game is played now. So shall we get started? Yeah, let's throw it to James. All right. Uh, I like to start every day with a good BM. That's your category. The answer will have the initials BM. So accompanied by his backup band, The Hooligans, Peter Gene Hernandez is better known by what out-of-this-world stage name? Surprisingly, I'm not good at these, but we can lock in, Ken. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. The only BM that I'm thinking of in terms of music is Barry Manilow, <laughs> but I don't know if that's a stage name. Yeah, I don't know if that's a stage name either, but my mind went straight to Barry Manilow as well, so that's the best thing I have. Yeah, might as well. Well, I don't uh I don't think there's a Copacabana on Mars, uh but we're going to lock in with Bruno Mars. That's our guess. All right. Well, you could have come up with Bette Midler, Bob Marley, Barry Manilow, or the correct answer, Bruno Mars. All all credit to Neil on that one. It's just one of those things that uh stuck with me, I think. Um sometimes those are really hard though, stage names. All right, then. Question number two category is the rules of the game. From which professional sports rule book would one find this rule? Home management is required to have a spare board with supporting unit on hand for emergencies and a steel tape or extension ruler and a level for use if necessary. Yeah, so I, I had it narrowed down to three things based on the ruler part of it, uh, which is uh, darts uh curling and horseshoes uh the level part of that question kind of leads me to lean toward darts more just because you need to kind of figure out exactly where it is um the only other thing i was thinking of is basketball if the backboard gets broken but i agree darts is a better guess just because of the level and also the infrequency that a backboard actually gets broken. I don't think they needed to involve that as a rule. <laughs> yeah, I think Shaq's the most memorable one. <laughs> All right, so these guys are going with darts. Uh, I do like the basketball angle that they were talking about, but we too were thinking about darts. Well, it turns out that just in case a backboard breaks, home management is required to have a spare one and all of those tools in order to make sure that it is the proper height from the floor. The answer is indeed basketball. Mm, wow. Oh. Yeah, ah, once, you, once you said that, I really liked your line of thinking. But uh, I, I, Yeah. <laughs> the ruler is mostly to measure the player's hand span, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I think the rule, <laughs> the rule itself, I think, is, is called the Shaq rule that Wilson brought up. So, All right, the category for question three is Hello, Nurse. Rob Paulson is a voice actor that has portrayed two different Ninja Turtles, Yakko, Warner, and Pinky from Animaniacs, as well as the meme-worthy character Carl Weezer from which Nickelodeon show? Oh, I actually know this for sure. Uh, if, if, if you want to just... Uh, if you want to just lean on me, <laughs> I uh, know this 100%. Yeah. All right. Carl Weezer and Meme Worthy. I think 
courage the the cowardly dog makes its makes its way into memes on occasion i think there's maybe carl weezer is the old man oh really yeah i didn't i didn't even know courage was in i'm not i'm not i'm not big on courage i've maybe seen one episode but i think i've seen that guy in memes so okay you would know better than i would then yeah because i the name doesn't ring a bell for me all right let's go with courage okay um so the the old man in Courage is actually named Eustace Bag, as in the old bags. <laughs> um, and uh, the Carl Weezer is actually very much not an old man. He's actually a child in Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, and the meme-worthy quote has to do with wanting my to finish. Scapula? Uh, my scapula or? No, wanting to no? finish that croissant. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and yes, indeed, the answer is The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Nicely done. Nice job. All right, question number four has the category, in Australia, it's the emu. A 2012 poll by Britain's National Army Museum voted what man, born in 1732, as the nation's greatest military enemy? Okay, we are going to get started here and say that we think... Um, the year kind of seems right for it to be George Washington, a military rival, and um, he's on the $1 bill. So maybe in Australia, the emu is on their $1 bill. Okay, so uh, Wilson had exactly the same line of thinking. I, uh, l- Like I said, I had zero knowledge going into this just because like history is one of my one of my huge blind spots. So I leaned on him entirely, and he said... Uh, that seven, uh, 1732 was apparently Washington's birth year. Yeah, we, we also locked in George Washington for, the, for, for, for that sake anyway. All right, voted by Britain. The nation's greatest military enemy was George Washington. Wow, good, good poll. <laughs> we started with Napoleon, and then we were like, wait a minute, that was the wrong year. Well, as we know, George Washington was outmanned, outgunned, outplanned. And, yep. he still, and he still came through. <laughs> in Australia, there was the big uh, war against the emus, which, by the way, a treaty was never signed. Therefore, the war is still going on. Mm. Wow. And, and mm. when Matt goes to Riot Fest, it's actually the war of the emos. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so according to Matt, he skips uh, seeing American football and goes and sees the b 52 So he might have to revoke his Midwest emo card. He's going to have to cut those locks. All right, we're going to go on to number five here. Gaming on the go is the category. The Nintendo Gateway System was a version of various Nintendo consoles to be played in two specific locations. One was in hotels. Where is the other location? Locked in. Oh, he knows this one. All right, Wilson locked in pretty quickly here. So what do we think? Um, Retail stores, maybe? So you could try the games or maybe airplanes? I, my first thought was airplanes because it was it's so out there that it would kind of make sense with hotels. It's travel. You're playing it on an airplane. You play it in the hotel. You're going to buy it by the time you're back home. Um, but also the other option that you said, you know, retail makes sense too. But I feel like it wouldn't be that boring. I think it would have to be something pretty unique. So we like airplanes, yeah? I like that. All right. Something about airplanes. You are 100% correct. I actually remember seeing this on airplanes. Really? I've never seen yeah. this. I, I, I had never even heard of it, so I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really glad that you locked in so fast, just because like, I, I wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that the gateway system is indeed played in hotels and on airplanes. 
Uh, and I know Jeff has a Nintendo on his private plane, uh, but he can talk about that, I'm sure, next time he's back. Um, but after five, uh, we're all tied up here, 30 to 30. So feeling good. All right. I'm feeling good, too, as we move on to question six. Its category is Master of My Domain. <laughs> Are you master now, now. of your domain, Neil? <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> A website that ends in .us is using the United States country code. .uk is United Kingdom, and .ca is Canada. So what country uses .de? Oh, oh, I, actually, I know this for sure. Uh, I believe that uh, this would be for Deutschland. I think it's for Germany. Unless that's GE, but I think DE is for Deutschland. We've had this question, haven't we? I don't think... We've had sim We've had an internet one. I don't know if we've ever had... I'm also thinking Denmark. I think that's where you, you want... Where he wants you to go, but I I could be way off. I think it's Deutschland. Okay. Because I remember I was looking for... I a mean, he, he, did, he did have a little look on his face, too, when he said DE, that he was being a little... A little, little, little cheeky there, so yeah. I like it. Okay, I could be way off, and I'll take the blame, but I, I think it's Deutschland, so that's okay. what we'll lock in with. So, Ken, just for your reference, I'm pretty sure Denmark is .dk. Okay. Uh, and that would Which probably would be because DE was already taken by Deutschland. <laughs> Correct. All right, so everybody's locked in with Deutschland. Mm. Yes, that is indeed it. It is Germany. Good job. Doctor? I concur. Thank you. Especially doctor. with the face mask right now. <laughs> doctor, doctor. We're, we're in the middle of the surgery, and I said it was the spleen. Ken said it was the pancreas, but he had to trust me. We just took them both out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all you got to do. Exactly. It's a triage situation. You just got to do what you need to do. I mean, we lost the patient. That's but... how the operation game and operations in real life work, right? <laughs> exactly. That's why the, the patient of ours is, is the, the show is dedicated to today, because he did not make it. Hey, listen, after a, a high-stress operation like that, sometimes you just need to have a moment of zen. So we're going to go on to a category called Netflix Haiku. Okay. I want, you to, I want you to name the Netflix show that is described by the following haiku. Mm. Will Arnett and Friends saddle up to do voices? Hollywood lifestyle. All right, we're locked in. If you're, if you're fine with it, I can actually lock in on this. Pop culture is not my strong suit, so I will leave this to you. I, I, I couldn't get it from Will Arnett just because I'm terrible at, um, at at actors. But then, like, hearing that it was animated really jogged it in my head that uh, this is BoJack Horseman. Yes, uh, featuring, <laughs> <laughs> featuring my uh, favorite performance of Patton Oswalt as the Navy SEAL. It's uh, BoJack Horseman. Well, indeed it is BoJack Horseman. Very good, everybody. Will Arnett, great voice actor. Of course, you know him from Lego Batman and uh, uh, various peanut butter cup commercials that you may know of. It's not I won't a, give the brand it's name. It's not a trick, James. <laughs> All right. If you're ready to go on to number eight, I have a question about my favorite band. Hmm. So They Might Be Giants is my favorite band. Oh, really? Yes, they have contributed a number of songs to movie soundtracks and have performed quite a few TV themes including the song Boss of Me from which early 2000s sitcom? Oh, I actually know this too. Um, I can hear it in the back of my head very vividly. <laughs> well, I'm glad you know this, Matt, but you're not so big <laughs> after all. Um, we're going to go with Malcolm in the Middle. 
It is uh, Malcolm in the middle. But um, life is unfair, you guys. It is. <laughs> well, yes, no, maybe. I don't know. But actually, I do know it is Malcolm in the middle. Very nicely done. I love that I was like a specter floating around in the background of those past two questions because I had no idea on either of them and I'm just kind of here. <laughs> uh, so I'm just glad everyone else did them. So Same, Neil, same. <laughs> yeah, Neil and Wilson saying they don't know anything about the pop culture stuff and uh, I do lean a little heavily there, so my apologies. I'll try to turn it around. Actually, how about with a question about uh, etymology because I've got a, a cure for what ails you. What type of treatment that uses no active medical ingredients can still cause a positive effect? Its name comes from the Latin meaning, I shall be accepting or pleasing. All right, Neil, I'm pretty sure I know this one, so we're going to go ahead and lock in. I trust you. Yeah, so I'm I'm 90% sure this is placebo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, this, this is this is <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I uh, yeah. just wanted to make sure we were on the same page there. <laughs> I'm nope. so I'm I'm surprised James didn't name this category his favorite band. So so placebo <laughs> is not your favorite band. No, I'm afraid uh, they might be giants is the number one in my book. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. So we're also in with placebo. Oh, great. Well, then you're all correct. It is indeed placebo. All right. I do have a funny story that goes right into our 10th question here because the category is called, wait a minute, this isn't Geek Bowl. <laughs> See, I was so excited to go to Geek Bowl last March, but I ended up at an event called the Greek Bowl. So downtrodden, I went to the bar and drowned my sorrows in what anise-flavored aperitif, which can only be produced in Greece or Cyprus. Yeah, I mean, we have a guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll trust you on the guess, yeah. Do you guys want to go ahead and get us started with the answers? Sure. We think it's Oozel. Hmm. Okay. That does make sense. Uh, we couldn't get that far. Um, we know anise is uh, like licorice flavor. The only thing that came to us was Jägermeister, obviously German, but uh, that's what we went with. Yeah, the licorice flavor for this aperitif, as I will correct myself on now, only produced in Greece or Cyprus is indeed Uzo. So mm. score for Matt and Wilson there. Wow. And for, for Matt, who's not here, the joke he would make is there are two Uzos in the WWE or Usos. Um, so after the first round, it looks like uh, team, uh, what is our team name? I don't even remember. We are Midwestern Emo. Oh, that's right. That's right. The War of the Emos. Uh, we are at 70 and team uh, Deadly Potato Frogs. I'm just going to add that adjective in there. Are at 80. So uh, very tight. So before uh, we throw it to James for the swing round, just uh, come and check us out over at The Crop on Facebook for a bunch of different announcements and uh, interactions with other players. Or say hello on Facebook and Twitter at TrivialityPod. We'd love to say hello. Always growing up some fun over at The Crop. Yep. Just plant your seeds and we'll water them and it'll be a huge garden by the time we're done. Sure. Yeah. All right, James, what do you got in store for us for the swing round? Well, I am a big fan of You Don't Know Jack, a trivia game that has been through many different uh, versions and types throughout the years. And one of the category types they have, they give you four completely unrelated items, and then they give you a clue. You have to pick one of those four items that matches. So my swing round is called Dinosaur, Apple, Thomas Edison, or Alien. I have 10 clues for you, and you just have to tell me which of the four it is. Dinosaur, Apple, 
Thomas Edison or Alien? All right, here we go. Number one, of the four, has filed the most U.S. patents. <laughs> Number two, it was the Mac in the movie Mac and Me. Number three, often associated with the discovery of gravity. Number four, was said to be involved in the death of Topsy the Circus Elephant. Number five, Modern Family star Sarah Hyland showed off a tattoo of this on her Instagram in 2017. Number six, when followed by Junior, it's the name of an American rock band. Number seven, profited about $68 million between May and October 1979. Number eight. Title of a 2013 Britney Spears song. Number nine, it's a giant sculpture outside the Indianapolis Children's Museum. And number 10, awarded a technical Grammy Award. All right, we will consider these and we'll be right back. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or well, call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right. For all these answers, we have written either Dinosaur Apple, Thomas Edison, or Alien. So let's see how we did. All right. Well, number one of the four has filed the most U.S. patents. Uh, for this one, and I think hearing the discussion, this will be... The, where we differ, uh, we said Edison. Yeah, I um, I I, th I think uh, me and Wilson mostly agreed that this was probably meant to trip you up 
um, because uh, filing patents sounds like a thing that a person does. Uh, but when you consider it, uh, Apple is a tech company with a lot of products. So we went with Apple. Well, Thomas Edison filed over 1,000 patents. Apple filed last year over 2,000. Uh. And they have well <laughs> over 30,000 in the bank patent-wise. Apple <laughs> is the answer. All right. Good job, guys. All right. Number two, it was the Mac in the movie Mac and Me. Uh, hold on. Let me roll the clip of the kid <laughs> flying off the cliff <laughs> in the wheelchair, but uh, it's an alien. Um, I guess had... alien. Yeah, I, I had no, uh, I had no basis for this. I, 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 I honestly, I've heard of Mac and Me, but I don't remember anything about it. Well, here's, here's, <laughs> here's the great thing is that um, the new version of Mystery Science Theater that they have on Netflix did a Mac and Me, and it's, it's one of the best episodes. So check that out. That's the best way to watch <laughs> it. <laughs> I agree, and that indeed is correct. That Mac is an alien. Number three is often associated with the discovery of gravity. That would be um, an apple that fell on Isaac Newton's head, apparently, but that might not be true. Yeah, we also went with apple, and um, rather than it falling on his head and he made the observation, I think he just noticed an apple fall mm. and drew his uh, drew his observations from that. Gotcha. Uh, it was uh, actually yeah. a pear. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll have to ask Bill and Ted uh, to go back in time and check it out. Bill and Ted face music in theaters now. Thanks for the sponsorship, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I did say associated yes. with the discovery of gravity. Whether true or not, it is an apple. Number four was said to be involved in the death of Topsy, the circus elephant. That would be uh, the focus of one of my favorite Bob's Burgers episodes, um, and that is Thomas Edison. Edison. <laughs> yeah, was said to be involved. And you're right about the Bob's Burgers. Uh, nice little play. It is Thomas Edison. Okay. Number five, modern family star Sarah Hyland showed off a tattoo of this on her Instagram in 2017. Um, we're pretty sure she got a full color portrait of Thomas Edison. No, uh, we said dinosaur. <laughs> uh, so we had absolutely no bearing on this uh but we just threw out a shot in the dark of dinosaur she and a friend got a dinosaur tattoo on her bums on their bums and they uh well at least sarah highland removed it a couple years later mm. you know if she went to the modern electric with my friend harley physicus and lou of course mm -hmm. she wouldn't have got that removed because it would have been great right she would have been happy <laughs> love the modern electric check out their art on our patreon page Hey, a bunch what? of sponsorships today. Yeah. <laughs> Number six, when followed by Junior, it's the name of an American rock band. That is Dinosaur Junior. Uh, we, again, had no bearing on this, but uh, also, again, threw out a guess of Dinosaur. Well, if you got that wrong, you would definitely feel the pain. It is Dinosaur Junior. Number seven, profited about $68 million between May and October 1979. Um, we thought maybe this was towards the beginning of the Apple company, so we said Apple. Yeah, uh, yeah the Apple II was introduced in 1978 or 79. While it is true that the Apple computer was taking off about then, they only made about $47 million in that year, but between May and October was the theatrical release of Alien. Oh, I didn't mm. think of that. Oh! Haha, <laughs> gotcha! <laughs> I was not even thinking a movie. That's that's great. <laughs> that was a tricky question. Good job. Thank you. Number eight. 
It's the title of a 2013 Britney Spears song. I knew uh, there was a song Katy Perry did with Kanye that was Alien, but I couldn't remember a Britney Spears song named Alien, but I figured yeah, it makes sense, pop music, so we want Alien. Uh, that uh, that Katy Perry song, apparently the Kanye West uh, version was a remix. Mm. Uh, there was no Katy Perry on the original uh, release. Uh, we also went Alien, but it was mostly a guess. Mostly a right guess. It is Alien. Oh, you know what? It was Juicy. It was Juicy J. So I, I got my Kanyes and my Juicy Js uh, mixed up. It was Juicy J and Katy Perry. See, blame Thomas Edison. All right, number nine. It's a giant sculpture outside the Indianapolis Children's Museum. Uh, we said Dino. Yeah. Um. We we had no actual like. Uh, proper knowledge of this, but we figured outside a museum a dinosaur would make sense so we went with dinosaur the architecture of the dinosaur looking into the building is amazing uh go google that uh, it is indeed a dinosaur and is peyton manning riding the dinosaur uh no i do not believe he is uh and, and nobody is allowed on the dinosaur to my knowledge okay maybe maybe peyton manning if anyone <laughs> and finally number 10 Awarded a technical Grammy award. And for this final one, we said Thomas Edison. We we mostly had no idea. Um, and I'm, I'm not even 100% sure what a technical Grammy is. Um, but it was a toss-up between uh, Apple and uh, Edison. Uh, we went with Edison mostly because... Uh, Wilson basically said we he couldn't see people giving a technical Grammy to a company, <laughs> um, well, or or even uh, and more importantly, not just one. If if they did to Apple, well, I will tell you that in the year two thousand two, Apple was awarded a technical mm. Grammy, but hmm? in two thousand ten, Thomas Edison was also awarded a technical Grammy. So luckily for you. You all both get the points on that. All right. One. How about that? And after the swing round, it looks like Team Potato Frog picked up 45 points, bringing them to 125. And us over here uh, at the Emo Station uh, picked up 40 points, bringing us to 110. Uh, so, James, what do you have in store for us for the second round? Any physical challenges? Second round, more of the same, just random hodgepodge with what I hope are clever category names. And we're going to be starting off with my old Kentucky home. The Brown Hotel in Louisville is the birthplace of the Hot Brown, an open-faced sandwich that's made with bacon, tomato, Mornay sauce, and what main protein? I'll say it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The Hot Brown sounds disgusting. Just the name sounds Just disgusting. Just the name, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll get this started here. Um, we think that uh, pulled pork uh, would go well with, on the sandwich, so we said pulled pork. Uh, that sounds delicious, just to be clear, but we actually went with turkey. Well, as a native Louisvillian, I know that a hot brown is made with turkey. Mm. Wow, that makes a lot more sense. Can I get a hot brown with uh, tofu crumbles? Is that, a, is that an option? You may, but not in Louisville. <laughs> y ahora, pregunta dos. El maravilloso mundo de Disney. So which classically animated Disney film are you viewing in Espanol if you are watching La Sirenita? 
It was released in 1989. Okay, I got uh, pretty excited there. I don't speak Spanish, but I believe I translated correctly, so we're going to lock in over here. It could be referring to a person who happens to be a girl. Uh, the only Disney title of that time period I can think of where the title is just the girl and I'm assuming the princess is the little mermaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there there we go. Because Ita means uh, is a suffix that means that uh, it is a little version of that. And Siren sounds fine to be mermaid so yeah th that i'm actually going to that that actually sounds very good okay so I'm, I'm 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 gonna go with the little mermaid all right darren with the little mermaid um as a young lad uh little mermaid was always my uh, favorite to watch growing up uh sparking a lifelong obsession with redheads and seashells uh <laughs> but uh, we are also gonna go with little mermaid all right, well, you took the explanation right out of my mouth. Ita is a suffix that means little, and siren, which is looking like siren in oh, English okay. for mermaid, it is the little mermaid. So 10 dinglehoppers to both of you. What is a dinglehopper? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know where to carry that one. <laughs> it's a fork. I should have known the answer well, to that question, not from the year, but from the fact that Wilson is actually wearing a mermaid's tail on camera right now. Neil, you want a thing of a bob? I've got 20. All right, we're ready to go on to question number three in round two. More like lost wages. So, you're in Las Vegas, gambling at a craps table, when you hear the dealers call out the word, yo. They use this word in place of what number? To avoid confusion with another similar sounding number. We're locked in. Okay. Yeah, this 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 question's actually come up a couple times on trivia podcasts that I've had, so I actually know this. So uh yeah, I'm gonna go with eleven. Yeah, so in craps, uh, which I did like to play, except except the last time I went to Vegas kinda put a bad taste in my mouth. Um yeah, eleven uh is called Yo Levin on the craps table to avoid confusion with seven. And Big Red or 7 is not a number that you normally want to hear or that you want players to say at the table. And to avoid confusion, Yo is indeed 11. What's a Yo, Adrian? Uh, you put me on the spot here. <laughs> so uh, hey, You threw a Dinglehoffer at us or whatever, so I had to throw one back. <laughs> All right, so moving from lost wages to do you feel lucky? What is the name of the fifth and final Dirty Harry movie released in 1988? It sounds like a movie that Wade Wilson might enjoy. Uh, we're locked in. We're going to lock in over here. Yeah, I have absolutely zero bearing on this. I Up, in, up until like a couple episodes of the show back, um, I had no idea that there were multiple Dirty Harry movies. Because <laughs> they all have unique I names. I think this is one where we're just going to have to toss it. Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent fine having no answer on this. This was way outside of my my knowledge here. All right, so these guys are yep. tapping, and uh, do you want to do the honors? Yeah. So you have Dirty Harry, you have Magnum Force, The Enforcer, oh, Sudden on. Impact. Hold on one second, Neil. I'm just putting your name on this uh, on this list here. Okay. Now you're on my Deadpool. And correct, and featuring a cameo by Jim Carrey in the beginning. It is the Deadpool. Yes, indeed. Which is the name that Wade Wilson sometimes goes by that is correct i'm making a deadpool and i'm putting you on it 
you're going to be in the pool. You're going to be wet and dead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our fifth question is the effect of video games on the human brain. I, J, L, O, S, T, and Z are the names of the puzzle pieces in what game developed by Alexei Pajitnov in June of 1984. Prolonged gameplay can cause images of these pieces to be seen when players close their eyes. Yeah, uh, I'm, we're, we're actually just going to lock in right away. I, th I think this game runs in your, in your blood, right, Neil? It does. Um, uh, the, the game Dr. Mario was based on my blood uh, because of the objects moving in and out. But mm. uh, my brother loves to play this game uh, and gets money for it, too, apparently, on some sort of app. So we're going to go with Tetris. Yeah, it is. It's definitely Tetris, uh, a game that was uh, uh, developed entirely independently in Russia uh, and then basically just stolen by Nintendo mm. for the most part. <laughs> there is a, a long and jagged history that I'm sure you could read plenty of articles about, but both of you got it right. It is Tetris. So after five in the second round, it looks like Potato Frog picking up 40 points, bringing them to 165, and we picked up 40 points as well, bringing us to 150. Well, let's move on to the second half of the second half with question six. The category is Giggity Giggity Goal. <laughs> <laughs> the hockey term five hole was added to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary in 2017, despite its earliest use being in 1980. So where is a hockey goalie's five hole, giggity? We're elected. Oh, that's right. You are a big hockey hole fan. <laughs> you don't have to put it that well, way. Well, <laughs> as a resident of Canada, I don't think I would be allowed to keep my passport if I got this question wrong. So the okay, five hole is... is in between the goalie's legs. Okay, that actually would have been what I guessed, but I don't watch hockey enough to actually know this offhand. It would have been my, my guess anyway, though. Yes, indeed. It is between the legs. Well, I'm just going to have to agree to agree because it is between the legs. Uh, although they don't call them the one, two, three, and four hole, those would be the high side and low side, respectively, to the glove side and stick side. So the four corners and then the five hole between the legs. All right, number seven is mandatory elementary school reading. Nine-year-old Peter Hatcher debuted in Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, the first book in the Super Fudge series, penned by what young adult author? We're going to lock in with a guess. Oh, Wilson's locked in. Uh, I'll let you start, Wilson. Yeah. Judy Bloom. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the name was on the tip of my tongue. I just couldn't think of it. <laughs> We uh, we had no idea, and uh, we just said for our love of him, R.L. Stein. Well, that's a scary answer, but uh, the answer indeed is Judy Bloom. She's the one that wrote a lot of young adult uh, books that had a bit of controversy to them, but uh, they are well-received by me, so good job. All right, moving on to number eight category is Measure for Measure. Though it was never brought into widespread use, the dole is a unit that is named for the Latin word dolor. It is equal to JNDs, or Just Noticeable Differences. What is a dole a measure of? This sounds really familiar to me. Yeah, it sounds familiar to me too, but I can't place it. I don't even know if we can suss this out. I don't think we, we know enough. So, all right, we're, we're going to tap, guys, and uh, we'll see what your, where your knowledge is. So, um, Just Noticeable Differences, the only thing I could think of 
uh, where differences could be important is uh, maybe uh, authenticity of a uh, uh, of a uh, of a piece of artwork or uh, diamonds, maybe. I have nothing, so I'm happy to lock into whatever. Uh, I feel at least slightly more confident in diamonds but like that's a very marginal difference so i'm just gonna go with diamonds let's go diamonds all right well the spanish knowledge might have helped you out because dolor is pain Mm. in spanish which is also is in latin so it is a measure of pain i see that's the problem pain don't hurt for us so we didn't know (laughs) that's correct (laughs) all right hey let's go to number nine foul words Rocky Balboa chased chickens to train. Dark Helmet called Colonel Sanders chicken in Spaceballs. But from what movie would you hear a character named Jake say, bring me four fried chickens and a Coke? So we're locked in. So what what were you guys discussing here? I mean, if, if, if you want to just lock in and uh, I'll just take the heat if it's wrong. Because uh, I, 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 the only thing I could think of is Fast Times of Ridgemont High. I'm not confident, so let's lock in with that. Yeah, okay, so let's just go with Fast Times at Ridgemont High. All right, uh, I think Mr. Hand uh, might take offense to that. Um, we we first started talking about Chinatown because of Jake Giddies, and then I said, well, Jack Nicholson was also in Five Easy Pieces, where he ordered a chicken and uh, then kind of berated the the, uh, the waitress. But then we said, hey, uh, Jake LaMotta is from Raging Bull, and he gained some weight towards the end of the movie, so maybe he ordered four fried chickens and a Coke. So that's what we went with. Well, the Five Easy Pieces was a chicken salad sandwich debacle, but you're not on the right track with that. And during the discussion, I heard the right answer. It's the Blues Brothers. Jake and Elwood is Uh, what we're talking about. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Justin Shady, sorry. All right. The final question category is a horse with no name that tune. It is a mashup category. I'll give you a clue with two parts, and you have to mash the answers together. So Carrie Underwood can't do this on her own. So so she will let our Lord and Savior buy the vowels. Okay, uh, we can lock in over here. Um, I got nothing, so yeah, I'm, I'm good to uh, tap. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just going to tap on this. Okay, we got some tapping over there. Uh, we said, Jesus, take the wheel of fortune. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, that is the right answer. Jesus, take the wheel from Carrie Underwood and buy your vowels on Wheel of Fortune. So I'm sorry that uh, you all took it, said that the game was a little easy and it looked like it ramped up all of a sudden. So uh, that's the end of round two. What are the scores looking like? After both rounds, it looks like the scores are 170 for uh, the emo station, as I'm calling it, and 185 for Potato Frogs. So what are the final round categories, James? All right, we have That's Entertainment, My Name is Earl, Limo Scarfs, Getting Frisky in the Garden, and Departing Contestants Will Receive. Okay, all the uh, wagers are now locked in, and it's going to be 30s across the board, so... It's go, we're going for all or nothing, both teams. Good luck, everybody. That's entertainment. What fictional rodent, with a middle name of Entertainment, was created by Atari's founder, Nolan Bushnell? Number two. My name is Earl. 
In nobility systems, courtesy titles are used to address peers. The wife of a duke is called a duchess. A baron's wife is called a baroness. What is an earl's wife called? Number three, limo scarfs, which is scrambled Oscar films. Here comes your clue. I wonder if these Olympic track stars are running from a hot fryer fiasco. Rearrange the letters in hot fryer fiasco to name the Oscar winning film. Uh, is that fryer with an I or a Y? It is F-R-I-E-R. Number four, getting frisky in the garden. What common activity is associated with these three events? Assisting in the reproduction of a dandelion, observing a meteoroid in the atmosphere, and snapping an avian furcula. Number five, departing contestants will receive. Host David Ruprecht would close out his game show with this line. The next time you're at the checkout counter and you hear the beep, think of all the fun you could have on what show? All right, we will go through these and be right back with our answers. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. All the answers have been locked in. Let's throw it back to James to hear those questions one more time. All right. In the category of That's Entertainment, what fictional rodent with a middle name of entertainment was created by Atari's founder, Nolan Bushnell? Yep, over here, uh, we went with Charles Entertainment Cheese, or otherwise known as Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, um, I had no idea about the uh, thing with Atari. That is actually very interesting, but it definitely is Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, it was a vehicle to get some of those Atari games out there into arcades. It is the children's casino Chuck E. Cheese. My name is Earl. In nobility systems, courtesy titles are used to address peers. The wife of a duke is called a duchess. A baron's wife is called a baroness. What is an earl's wife called? 
we had some trouble with this one. Um, we knew the two royals that were mentioned in the question. We tried to think of other uh, royalty figures, uh, especially ones that had ESS at the end. Um, I thought maybe it could be uh, one of my mom's favorite people, Countess Luann from Real Housewives. Um, I just wasn't sure if that was one of the real ones. Uh, so without a better answer, we went with Princess. And we went with Countess. And it turns out that it is actually Countess. So points over on your side. Number three is limo scarfs or scrambled Oscar films. I wonder if those Olympic track stars are running from a hot fryer fiasco. So unscramble hot fryer fiasco to name the Oscar winning film. Cue the synthesizer in the background and answering in slow motion. Uh, we went with chariots of fire. That's also what popped into my mind when you read the question, the people running in slow motion and chariots of fire. Yes, indeed. Those Olympic track stars are in chariots of fire. Getting frisky in the garden. What common activity is associated with these events? Assisting in the reproduction of a dandelion, observing a meteoroid in the atmosphere, and snapping an avian furcula. Oh, I just got it now. Um, Ken answered this for us, and uh, he looked at me and wrote down what uh, said, making a wish. So that's what we went with. So um, snapping the, the, the furcula is breaking the wishbone. Uh, when you see a shooting star, you make a wish. And uh, the assisting in a dandelion uh, reproduction is uh, when you blow on a dandelion and spread the, uh, the, the, the seeds. So uh, we also said making a wish. All right. Check your watches. Is it 11-11? Because making a wish is the right answer. Nice. Final question. Departing contestants will receive. Host David Ruprecht would close out his game show with the line, the next time you're at the checkout counter and you hear the beep, think of all the fun you could have on what show? A fun one to watch and one that is coming back in rebooted form. Uh, we went with Supermarket Sweep. Uh, yeah, I've actually never seen an episode of Supermarket Sweep, but I know the show name literally only because I saw an ad for that reboot uh, like a couple days ago. Um, so it was fresh in my mind and uh, the rhyming name uh, uh, fit in with that uh, with that closer tag. So uh, we also said Supermarket Sweep. Leslie Jones is going to be hosting that reboot in October. It is Supermarket Sweep. And that's the end of the game. Well, it looks like uh, our team over here, the Emo Station, Emo Wars, uh, Matt's favorite phase, whatever you want to call it, we had 260 points. And with 335 points, a decisive win for the Potato Frogs and today's Cream of the Crop. W-A-P. Winning as player. Great game, guys. Yeah, well, uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, thank the, the honestly, thanks for having me. Oh, of course, no, we uh, we loved having you. Uh, let's start with James first here. Um, awesome questions. I thought they were uh, all across different types of trivia and uh, just so well worded and written. Um, thank you for writing the game and for obviously for supporting us as well. This was a lot of fun for me. I love putting together questions like these, and I'm glad that I was able to share them with you and your listeners. So thank you again for having me on the podcast, and I hope to work with you all again soon. Yes, you're welcome back anytime, and uh, we'd love to have you on to host another game. Is there anywhere uh, people can reach out if they would like some uh, trivia material for from you? 
Well, it turns out that I am now known as the Trivia Nerd, and you'll be able to pick me up on different social medias under that name, but you can contact me at thetrivianerd at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to write up some questions for you if you need them for any kind of trivia event. Wonderful. Uh, Make sure everyone that you reach out to James uh, and get some great questions just like these ones. Wilson, you have given us some knowledge on the delicacies of Toronto. Anyone you'd like to give shout-outs to or or say hello to before we depart? Just my partner, Kat, and otherwise, a great game from James. Thank you very much. Love the titles of the clues themselves, and thank you, Neil, Ken, Matt, and Jeff for hosting this every week and giving us some trivia. Well, thank you very much, and we appreciate your support uh, as well, Wilson, and uh, we hope uh, that you have a great rest of your day. And Matthew Cosme, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Anyone that you'd like to shout out or any last words from you? I mean, I'm probably going to be sharing this uh, whenever it posts with with, uh, some of my friends in a Discord server that I'm on. So uh, uh, I'll say hi to uh, I'll say hi to them collectively. Um, having, having, having this show to look forward to every week has been re- really nice. It uh, I I do like the concept that you guys don't pull punches in in difficulty, but also like to have fun with the fact that you don't know some stuff that you don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're only human, right? Yeah, because uh, one one of my favorite things about trivia as a whole is the idea of learning things, and you don't learn things if you only do easy questions. That's correct, and uh, I'm glad that you said that, and that's uh, a big thank you to all of our guest hosts like James who uh, come up with uh, some original content and their own voice and their own experience and can provide us and the listeners with some great content and a great listening experience. So thank you for bringing that up, and... Uh, also for supporting us on Patreon as well, we have two Oakland Five supporters and a Dutch enthusiast here today. And speaking of them, just wanted to say quickly, if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast for a bunch of great perks like stickers, boxes, uh, posters, but most of all, uh, hours and hours of extra content. So we uh, we really appreciate everyone who supports the show. You're the lifeblood of the show, and uh, we look forward to hopefully meeting all of you at some point. And uh, on behalf of Matthew, Wilson, James, Jeff, Ken, and Matt, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. I'm just going to cut in real quick because I I can tell Ken is probably going to edit and say that was a dumb joke, so I'm just going to give him a clean one here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seeing the behind the scenes is fantastic.